Hello everybody, this is Curtis from Tremble letting you know that we are brought to you by Shudder. Shudder is the horror movie streaming service that brings you all the latest and greatest that horror has to offer. But you don't have to take my word for it. You can use TremblePod, that's T-R-E-M-B-L-E-P-O-D, when you sign up for an account. This will give you a free 30-day trial on us, so you can check it out for yourself. With that said, let's get on with this week's episode. Hello, everybody. Welcome back to Tremble, the horror movie podcast. I'm your host, Curtis. With me, as always, is Stephen Taylor. How are you two doing? Good. Caffeinated. Nice. Yeah, doing well this week. This is a good week. Yeah, it's hard to complain when you got such uh, great horror movies. And a nice little through line of undead communities. Some kind of, you know, weird conspiracy going on. Uh, we talked about Dead and Buried last week. This week we're talking about Messiah of Evil. Also, too, you could probably do a third through line between these, which is like very underrated movies. I don't think people really talk about Messiah of Evil, nor do they talk about Dead and Buried nearly as much as they should. Although, arguably, both movies have a lot of merit to them. It should be discussed more when discussing horror movies. So, uh, What is Messiah of Evil even about? Well, a young woman goes to look for her missing father her trip takes her to a strange california coastal city ruled by a mysterious cult of the walking dead so zombies and dead and buried you got zombies and mess even got little coastal towns so every everything there's a there's quite a bit of similarities between the two movies but um, well, this is why it lends me to believe that it could be remade easily because both towns are like kind of designed like both towns from these movies are designed to be off the beaten path and like kind of like tucked away from society almost like mm. like you kind of almost stumble upon them and i think that's how it works in the timeless nature of it yep. um and i mean the setup to this movie is just so fucking weird yeah <laughs> You know, yeah. like, like you don't even have beginning credit. You just kind of open on this guy running. Yeah. Yeah. Right. Oh, like, yeah. Such a strange opening. That mm-hmm. that opening that has no bearing on the rest of the movie and you never see those characters ever nope. again. Ever again. Nope. One and done. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah. This movie's just like, it's got a lot going on. Like, I don't know there's scenes in this that i was like what are what am i watching this is so bizarre but uh, mm-hmm. yeah crazy to think too this was uh directed by willard hook and gloria katz husband and wife team uh they also directed <laughs> howard the duck so <laughs> right probably this might be better i think i think this should be more touted than howard the duck other filmography probably um, but yeah. Uh, when was the first time we watched Dead and Buried? Hmm. Uh, I... of Evil. Sorry, what did I say? Did I say Dead and Buried. Laws. <laughs> okay, yes. When was the first time we watched Dead and Buried? <laughs> you did it again. Nice. <laughs> Fuck. Messiah of Evil. <laughs> let's just do a second episode on Dead and Buried. Yeah, you know let's what? just redo that. Yeah. That's funny. Uh, I watched it for the podcast (laughs) Um, this is another one that I I I don't know if I even heard of the name of it before 
Um, and I'll be honest, it kind of made me feel a bit like a movie normie because I'm still not quite sure how I feel about it. Like I, I, I watched it fairly recently, like up to today, like maybe a couple days ago. And I almost feel like I should have watched it like two weeks ago and then rewatched it. Uh, because mm. I feel like there's there was a lot going on, and I don't I don't know if I quite understood all of it or got what it was going for. And I feel like if I knew more about movies in general um, and directors and like things like that, I would maybe find more things that uh, would would. I'm not I'm not quite I'm just not quite sure. I still feel all like I'm not I'm not quite sure about it. So. We'll yeah. see. I might change my mind after this discussion because I haven't really talked about this movie with anyone either. So, and sometimes that helps me understand things a little more. So we'll mm. see how the episode goes and how I feel by the end of it. <laughs> yeah, yeah. The, uh, the, my first viewing was for the podcast, and this is not. I couldn't even call it a blind spot because I didn't really, I didn't know about this movie mm. um, until it appeared on the list, uh, and. Um, yeah, I, I mean, I definitely enjoyed elements about it. It feels very rough in a lot of areas. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, like almost like a lot of the stuff uh, and, and even plotting was done on the fly. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, it, it's definitely a fascinating film, and it, it it had to be influential in a large degree. To I, I mean, a, a big part of the Giallo. Uh, movement that was moving through the 70s um it feels very argento which is really weird because argento's style hadn't even been fully established yet because i think he'd only done bird with the crystal plumage at that point uh because it's 72 right um so yeah this 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 one's weird this movie operates in a weird timeline and um especially as far as the genre movements were going yeah and uh retroactively learning about it was really interesting mm-hmm. and uh yeah it's it's interesting because i i like anytime we were watching a movie it's like it's always natural to be like trying to compare it to other movies and i always feel like this movie is uh, like yeah one of its own like i very rarely look at this movie and i think i can figure out what the like what comparisons are it really does feel like this movie doesn't have any comparables and i say that in a in a way that's like it, it's good because very rarely do we have movies that kind of feel like they can just stand on their own and just do their own thing i think nowadays there's probably some movies that you can start comparing it to but like i was mm-hmm. thinking like is it kind of like a romero you know dead movie not really it's it kind of just does its own thing uh, and even like the Ar- Argento stuff, like, yeah, you're right. Like this came out at a time before, before Argento was even a thing. So like maybe they kind of drew on similar aspects, but you know, it seems like it would be a weird thing to be like, let's start ripping off Argento before he was a big thing. So mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. But there's like Lovecraft aspects to this, um, stuff like that. So, um, yeah. I watched this uh, f- like three or four years back. Uh, they had a plane at the Rio here in Vancouver, which if you don't know the Rio, it's like a little little art house cinema or sports bar, depending on the time of the year. Uh, <laughs> and they they play movies. And 
they were playing it in October around Halloween, and I saw it with a big crowd, and it was kind of cool because everyone was kind of taking it in all at once, and I hadn't seen it before. I'm sure for a lot of the other people watching, they hadn't seen it before either, and you could tell people were having a great time watching it, so... I feel like this movie in particular benefits from like a theater experience. Like you're, you're mm-hmm. in the dark, you're fully immersed in it, you know? Yeah. Um, I think for me watching it at home, uh, just because there was other things going on around me, maybe took me out of it. And this, I feel like this is a movie where it, you need to have your full attention on it the mm-hmm. whole time. Yeah. Oh, a hundred percent. So. Um... And I, I feel what drags you out of it is the rough quality to it. The fact that, mm-hmm it does at times feel very disjointed. Hmm. Yes. Yeah, there were there were just certain things about this movie that I was kind of like, why is this here? Like the mm-hmm. this romance that they have between the main character and this random guy that she meets that has like two other women with him that are like involved with him. Like maybe that's just a very seventies thing. Um, but I, I was kind of taken out of it a little bit by that because it seemed like it was just there for no reason other than maybe to drive one of the other characters out to her untimely death. But I don't know that, that took me out of it a little bit for some reason. And yeah, it just kind of seemed like it was thrown in there uh, without any relevance to the plot, I guess. The maybe, some other things felt like that too, but that was the biggest one. For me, it feels like you're watching a nightmare. Like it, mm. it kind of feels like a real, like a real nightmare. Like yeah, there are points to this that just feel a little disjointed. I don't know if it's on purpose or not. Like maybe I'm defending a movie that shouldn't be defended, but I don't know. It's just to me, it, it almost felt like I'm watching something where it doesn't always quite make sense. But you know, for what it's. I think it was, I want to say it's on purpose, but again, I, I could be wrong, but it felt like almost like a nightmare ask in that like things are kind of this disjointed imagery and it doesn't always make sense, but you're still being scared nonetheless. So mm. mm-hmm. No, I, I like that actually. I, I think that actually fits for this movie a lot, especially with the way some of the shots are where some people are just like, there's I'm one in particular where she like looks through the window at the red blood moon and that, that was yeah it's, lots of this is very dreamlike almost mm-hmm. yeah okay um got a couple emails kyle says did anyone else get lovecraftian vibes from this film or is it just me yeah there is mm-hmm. oh definitely at its core mm-hmm. i mean it's uh, well i mean there's there's it, it's a descent just despair which is a large point of Lovecraft's writing. And especially, um, I mean, the main plot being a woman searching for the mystery of her lineage. Mm-hmm. That is so, that's so Lovecraftian at its core, right? Yeah. To, to not have, to be missing a piece of your life. And then when that puzzle piece is kind of clicked in, it just sets off a whole thing of chaos. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and and this whole idea that something has happened with the moon, but we don't know what it is, but everyone else has seemed to accept it or knows mm-hmm. a little more about what's happened, and it's almost like a little alternate universe, which is very Lovecraftian. Yeah, well, even the the even you know the 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 swimming out into the water into into nothingness mm-hmm. was very very much kind of lends to that storytelling as well. Mm-hmm. 
Okay. Um, Riley says this movie nails the atmosphere very well. Yes, but what is the atmosphere? Yeah, <laughs> I, I like. I would agree, but what, like, what yeah. is it? <laughs> I'm, I'm, I'm honestly kind of buying into Kurt's nightmare idea the most out of anything because it really does kind of feel like that at, like looking back at the experience of the film you know mm. like this main character is just going through all of these different things and and you know they all kind of add up into oh well there's a cult of zo- zombie people almost who are like infected and they need meat and all that kind of stuff so i don't well, know i that that that's clicking in my brain just because I don't I otherwise I feel like I yeah I don't really know well, well even the blocking of their accommodations seems <laughs> so like see like madness like how you are able like when you're in a, a, a quote, quote unquote familiar place in the dream but the placement of everything is weird and wacky like that mm. is exactly their accommodations that they're staying in is just like yeah. it doesn't really make sense like how everything's laid out why are the bathrooms here why are the bathtubs there um why this bedroom's here with this weird round ass huge huge bed like i don't even i don't even understand that like <laughs> you know there's there's the so many bed. right they're like what is this place you know I, I just assumed watching it that it was because her father is an artist and artist right. weird. And I, like, I just assumed maybe that was what they were going for. But I, yeah, I have no idea. All those like, cu- like cutouts of people are painted people on the walls and things like that was very, very eerie. <laughs> Absolutely. Yeah. And, and then when it play when it plays well, like when uh, I forget what her name is. Um, oh, the uh, kid. She, or I don't know if she's uh, a kid. Tony. But, yeah. I think it's Tony. Yeah. Where... Where um, where she's trying to go to sleep, and mm-hmm. everywhere she looks, she's basically got the townspeople staring at her mm-hmm. through the paintings. I think that's where they, where all of those weird murals finally come into focus of like really what you're depicting. Mm-hmm. And I, I mean, I also have to give the horror aspect to like some of the more horrific points in this film take place in what's supposed to be the safe places of like a movie theater or mm-hmm. a you know like a, a large chain grocery store like ralph's like yeah. It, yeah. it's all supposed to be like safe br- bright places for you to go um and yeah this ends up to be either you know the demise of tony or um the paradigm shift of arletti mm-hmm it's um, interesting, too, because I found an article. I'll credit Matt Serafini from to Dread Central who wrote it. And uh, he cites this film as like an early example of nightmare cinema, which he defines as being a movie that, quote unquote, portrays many dreamlike psychedelic scenes in an eerie and unsettling atmosphere. Mm-hmm. So if we're going off of that, which I kind of agree with Matt's take on it, then... Yeah, I would say I I think this movie does kind of nail that atmosphere, even though it is a little nebulous. And I think you almost have to kind mm-hmm. of know that going into the movie to take that away from it. I think I don't think the movie very clearly lays that out. That's something that's a little more subtle, which. Yeah, 
I was going to say, is it supposed to be nightmare-esque or are we just kind of inserting that because we're not sure what yeah. else might be going on? <laughs> yeah. Well, how much the nightmare does is fit. in that movie? How much not... actual daytime is in the movie? Not I want to say not a lot. Yeah. Yeah. Maybe like 10, 20 minutes if that. Most of it's at night, right? So. Yeah, exactly. Um. Hmm. All right. Let's get to some awards here. What's everyone's favorite line from this movie? Ooh. Uh, I had the the screaming line. The they're coming here. They're waiting at the edge of the city. Mm-hmm. Uh, they're waiting for you, and they'll take you. Well, I wrote it down, and I'm reading it wrong. They'll take you one by one, and no one will hear you scream. And then at the end, she does like this no scream. scream. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, I like that, that one was, a lot too. That was creepy. I liked that, and I thought the scream was done in a way that was very unsettling yeah uh, i i really like that one too i i think it's also um how well it's done against the backdrop of that hallway mm-hmm. everything with the, the the light at the end of the tunnel and everything like i just symbolically i think it just works really 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 fucking well mm-hmm. yeah i'm trying to figure out because the uh actresses mariana hill i wonder if she was tied with walter hill but <laughs> bless me i kind of i don't know i can't seem to find any connection even though the share her last name it's probably nebulous at best but um tom has a line where he says give a girl a pair of shoes and she walks out on you <laughs> bless me again oh. <laughs> i like that line that was a, that was a that was a that was a i don't what know about his, funny what about line. his other his other line of "You don't just unzip a man and say goodnight." Oh, yeah. yeah, I thought that. I thought that scene was going in a much different direction. I thought she was. <laughs> I thought she was going to be creeped out by him and be like, "Get the fuck out of here!" And instead, she just instantly falls in love with him. And I'm just like, "No, no, 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 no." Yeah. Also, poor. I think her name was Laura Lori, the other character that I guess is supposed to be like his girlfriend like i have no idea who these people are is is one of my other problems with this movie is i who are you why are you here <laughs> i don't understand mm-hmm. um but i just feel bad for that character too she's like all right well you've fallen in love with someone else so fuck this i'm out and then like instantly gets murdered by zombie crowd mm-hmm. <laughs> okay um best performance in this movie um, I guess we'd have to give it to um Erletti. Yeah, that's not mostly just because of the delivery Mar- of the yeah, narration. Mm-hmm. Like I, I liked, I liked her in that aspect of it. Yeah, yeah. It wasn't exactly a great performance in this one. I, I, the, the, like I would say one of the the better scenes in it was just how Gonzo, um, the. Uh, that that not the um i'm trying to like the kind of the blonde haired albino black guy oh yeah uh he's terrifying the, like, the guy who ate the rat yeah. yeah what do you do with the rats we eat them he just mm. eats it whole that was yeah. also the scene that i had my anti-dumb decision because that's the point where she's like, I, I'm out of here. And she gets out of the truck and he drives away. And I'm like, <laughs> good for you. 
Mm-hmm. I mean, it doesn't end up saving her, but good no. for you. No. Yeah, I guess. No, because then she goes to Ralph's. And yeah. Everything gets all <laughs> fucked up. I guess I would go with Mariana Hill. I guess it's already or Letty. I don't know. Again, I don't think it's like a great performance, but it's probably the most interesting in this movie. But mm-hmm. like, oh, it's, it's it's like asking me to choose my favorite donut at Tim Hortons. I'm like, nah. <laughs> none none of them they were all frozen beforehand yeah yeah all these performances were frozen we'll go with that that's yeah <laughs> so we're comparing this movie to tim hortons i don't yeah. know if that speaks very well for this movie or not i no, i'm i'm like mm, at least the performances wise yes yeah other, yeah other aspects other aspects are very interesting and like dead and buried this shares uh very interesting in like production design very ambiance forward so that parts those parts i like quite a bit um best kill there wasn't a whole lot of kills in this i mean the 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 one that i put down first the opening scene where the guy gets his throat slit I was mm-hmm. like, that's pretty creepy. That's a pretty creepy way to open this. Yeah. But I don't necessarily know if I have anything else that I remember topping that. Well, it's just yeah. like that. The And we've kind of already alluded to it. It doesn't even have any bearing, really. Mm, no. Yeah. It's almost like it was added just to be like, let's add a cool kill. In, and that was about it. Like, I don't. Yeah, I don't think they had any idea or care of what the ambiance was going to be about that or what it was going to add to the story. It was just like, yeah, it's a cool scene. And to be fair, movies at the time were a little more loose with, you know, adding things in that didn't quite add to the plot, but they were just cool little visuals. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. I, I put that opening kill from the beginning because I can't think of what else it would really be. So, I mean, other than do we count the rat dying when he, when it gets eaten alive? Cause that was pretty <laughs> creepy too. That was damn creepy. Poor rat. I'd say Tony. Tony's mine, the the movie theater one, especially the arm shooting up against yeah. the white screen. It's it just looks really great. Yeah. Um, I really love that whole scene. To be honest, yeah. The theater filling up behind her and everything. This, it was really eerie. Like you could, you got the feeling in the pit of your stomach, like, oh, girl, you better turn around. Yeah. That's the first shot, I believe, of the blood teardrop, too. Right. Uh... Is that sequence? I want to say yes. Where the, where the old man turns and looks at her and he's got the the blood teared up, which I also really like with the, the cop scene where the cops yeah. are shooting, trying to shoot all the townspeople uh, coming out of the movie theater. And then oh, the, yeah. the, the guy turns to his partner and his partner is one of them. Yeah. Yeah, that movie theater scene was was really good, and it, like especially when she's sitting there and she goes to get up, and then two people come at her from the side, and yeah, oh, yeah, it was crazy. Well, and I think it just it, it it lends to another like feeling of familiarity. Is I mean, especially for 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 movie lovers, is the the theaters are such a sanctified place. That mm-hmm. it's like something creepy like that happening in a theater is so fucked up. I think that's why Scream Two <laughs> fucked with me with that opening scene being the, a busy movie theater and stuff, right? Mm-hmm. Where you're like, you're supposed to be safe, <laughs> you know? What I mean, yeah. like, so yeah, this is fucking strange. 
last year. Oh yes, dumbest decision. I mean, uh, oh, go hmm. ahead. You got. Oh, I was just gonna say me not owning a hanging platform bed because that thing looks sick as fuck. Right. <laughs> I would. Yeah, yeah. I would totally rock myself to sleep on a giant hanging platform bed, even oh, though I would also have anxiety about it constantly falling out of the ceiling. But I saw that and I was like, ooh, I want it. <laughs> I do love how in the 70s people were like, can we make a bed that's not conventional in the slightest? Like, let's go for Every that. bed. Every yeah. piece of furniture is completely unconventional. Yeah. You just gotta put a water bed on that and then you're good, right? Yeah. Yeah. Like, why not just <laughs> a have hanging a, water bed. Just have like a big hammock as your bed. Why not? Like, yeah. Who needs a traditional mattress, really? Sounds good to me. Yeah, it's hard not to have lewd thoughts when looking at a bed like that. <laughs> yeah, the, the hanging bed. There's a lot of ideas that come to mind. Yeah, those are my thoughts, to be honest. I'm not, I'm not a creep by nature, but I definitely thought that <laughs> when I was watching it. Uh, I, I, I feel like I don't have a have another good thing to offer for dumbest decision. I mean, other than like if if you start seeing people go crazy, just get out of Dodge, like leave town, don't stay there. Yeah, I was gonna be like, your dad disappears, and you're like, let's go find him. Like, yeah. Well, I, I I think the dumbest thing, and it's a it's a continuing thread between you know the three characters that are you know very much just kind of newbies to the town and everything and it's just how aloof they are to everything mm -hmm. they just kind of drift into one, from one situation to the other without a second thought of uh, of any danger to themselves right mm -hmm. like how little they're paying attention yeah and it leads to all of the bad shit that happens to them so maybe mostly just kind of plot and circumstantial but Uh, I'm trying to think. I think it's time to give this a score. What's everyone thinking for a rating? Mm, I'm I'm gonna give this one a seven point five. Um, I enjoy it a lot. It does feel super rough. Hold on. Oh. And Kurt's contagious in the sneeze. Yeah. Um. <laughs> <laughs> um. Yeah, I, I was going to give it an 8. I think there's just a little little things that hold me back from giving it a full 8. Mm. Um, not to say that it, I didn't enjoy it or felt better for watching it. I do feel like it's something that um, I definitely seeing, you know, the what I believe are the repercussions in the genre. Um, I feel like it's an important film to the genre. Uh, and there's, yeah, there, there's, there's definitely some creepy creepiness to it that works for me. Um, it, honestly, if I hadn't watched Dead and Buried before, it probably would have scared, scored it higher. Mm. Yeah, I think it's hard not to, like, I don't know, Dead and Buried, I think in this mini subgenre of creepy undead towns, uh, Dead and Buried takes the lead on that one, so. Oh, yeah, I feel like I still... I don't know how to feel about this still. There are definitely, it's like I, there are individual scenes in this that I really like a lot, but mm. 
yeah, like like Steve's been saying, it's a little just disjointed. Um, I I feel like I need to give this I need to give this a rewatch from the perspective of okay, I'm going into this watching a nightmare, and I think that will definitely help it. Even though it's not necessarily super cohesive, that will help make it feel more cohesive because it's almost like it's supposed to be that way. Yeah. Um, and there are definitely lots of things that when I watched this movie, I was like, why? Why is this? Why is this here? Like there, there are some things that feel a little purposeless, um, or that don't necessarily serve the plot of this movie, um, and and maybe took me out of it a little bit. But um, yeah, because I'm a bit of a, a, a movie casual, uh, I don't I don't feel like I have all of the the uh, what's the word I'm looking for like the experience of watching other really great classic movies to pull from and be like, Oh yeah, I can see this movie here. I can see this uh, being influential and things like that, which I think would help uh, the enjoyment of this movie as well. So I don't know. That's a big ramble of me saying that I'm very confused by this movie. And I think I'm going to go with, I'm going to go with a seven. Cause I feel like if I rewatch this um, and pay a little bit closer attention. I feel like I would like this more because I like things that are a little weird sometimes. Mm-hmm. And this one is definitely a little weird. Also, I really want that hanging bed. <laughs> I I do think this movie benefits from rewatching. Like I've seen this movie now three times. And I think, yeah, watching it the third time, I, I took away more from it. But I also kind of hate when people are like, Yo, you didn't get this movie. You should rewatch it to get it. So I kind of hate that mentality yeah. too, but I will say from personal experience, yeah, I did feel like I'm more positive on the movie after seeing it three times. So I'll give it an eight. Uh, yeah, it it is interesting. I think it is a movie that would benefit from a remake or mm-hmm. reboot. Like, I, I think there's some really cool ideas here, but I just think, yeah, there's some stuff that kind of is a little rough around the edges. Uh, mostly to do with like the plot and stuff. I think it's just a little bit non-cohesive. So. Yeah. Yeah. If someone was able to remake this and just even have the tiniest little thread of connection weave through it, I think mm-hmm. that would just, yeah, tie it off with a nice little bow. For sure. Cool. All right. Well, Steve, where can people find you on the internet? Yeah, I'm on Twitter and Instagram at the Steve Dead. You can also find my Letterboxd if you're on that fantastic app, which I absolutely love. Mm. Uh, my website is stevestebbing.ca, and you can find me on The Shift with Shane Hewitt every Thursday at 11 p.m. Pacific time. Nice. Um, yeah, Taylor, where can people find you on the internet? Um, I'm on a bit of an internet hiatus, but when I start doing things again, you can find me on Instagram and Twitch as Technonomicon. I have a blog that I also will eventually keep updated when I start doing things, uh, circianic.home.blog. And I do update uh, my movies now from uh, the movies we watch on the podcast on Letterboxd. My username is Circianic. I'm over at DreamGreeners.com, although you probably won't find me on there this week because I took a vacation, so <laughs> good luck trying to find me. Good luck. <laughs> Actually, I did record, pre-record some stuff, so I don't know. Maybe you can find me. Um, but, uh, yeah. No. Uh, I don't know. I am. I did not see Lightyear for a review, although it did send uh, some people to go watch it, so go find out what they thought of Lightyear. And I don't know. Maybe I'll see it. Maybe I won't. I don't know. It's kind of freeing being like, I don't have to watch this movie for review. 
I'm going to it on Thursday. I'm sure it's going to be good. I I have a my one theory about that movie is there's going to be a post credit scene where you have Andy watching the movie and he's like, "Wow, that was great." <laughs> uh, yeah. And then uh, when we come back, what are we watching when we get back? That's a billion dollar question. Uh, the Vanishing and Race with the Devil. So, Ooh, Peter ooh. Fonda. Yeah, little Peter Fonda. Is that is he in both movies? No, oh, no. Uh, no, I don't think he's in Vanishing. No, Vanish. No. No, yeah, no. The Vanishing is a more recent movie, twenty eighteen. But uh, Race with the Devil, I've never seen either movie, so this will be a first watch for both of these. Uh, I don't know anything about Race with the Devil, but the cover for it looks amazing. It's Peter Fonda and an RV. All right. Oh, is this going to be like like Speed? Is that the one with Keanu Reeves? Where the, <laughs> ghost, the ghosts hijack the RV and they have to keep driving it until... I don't know. I'm just making shit up. <laughs> I'm reading the synopsis for Race with the Devil. Uh, it says, Roger, his friend Frank, and their wives are heading to a, from San Antonio to the wilderness of rural Texas for some off-road motocross when they find instead is a satanic cult sacrifice and they are unfortunate enough to be caught observing the ritual. Naturally, this doesn't sit too well with the cult members. Now Roger and Frank are on the run from what is apparently a very sizable Texan satanist community. All right. So Motocross. Yeah, motocross, satanic, Texas. Well, that sounds <laughs> wild. Although, between this and Texas Chainsaw Massacre, I might be a little sick of Texas for a while. We could use a break from Texas. <laughs> okay. Well, until next time, everybody. Bye for now. <laughs>